You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. With Tommy Wakefield, who is suffering a little CTE. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy uh, just had a situation where he fell down and hit his head. <laughs> well, I guess, um, I mean, this whole thing is pretty ridiculous, but to give a bit of background, what happened was I was hanging with some friends, right? I took a shot of Hennessy, right? Mm-hmm. Then I hit a blunt and uh, started coughing. And then I've just apparently, from what I've been told, I just passed out on my face. <laughs> face forward. Face forward. Now, you smoke weed. I so smoke weed. Regularly. And you drink. Yeah. I mean, I don't maybe drink liquor that much. I, maybe I hadn't eaten that much that day. Uh-huh. My blood sugar was low or something. Who knows? But the fact that you smoked a blunt and passed out. Crazy. Is pretty fucking crazy, man. Super crazy. How, how long were you up for? Like only like five, ten seconds. And everyone's probably laughing when you woke up. <laughs> Everyone was like... Were you bleeding? Well, were you fucked up? I mean, you would think people were laughing more, but mostly people were like, are you good? <laughs> Genuinely concerned. And then this one dude was like, we should take you to the hospital. I think you got a concussion or something. Oh, boy. So we we get in the car, and I like couldn't see for a little bit. Couldn't see at all? I like My vision got like sepia black and white like i could i could only see wow. outlines of things it's kind of freaky wow and then um but so then we we're like we're gonna drive to the hospital <laughs> but uh i was like hey man i just turned 26 my insurance is gone i don't have insurance anymore Oof. so instead we just went to mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> and got a big mac that <laughs> mickey d's healthcare plan which I, and i was like that's the most american shit <laughs> you could even come up with that is so american no health care get a head injury and you're like ah let's just go to mcdonald's and see what happens oh my that god mcdonald's sprite just pour a little sprite on it well like my <laughs> no i i've had a lot of concussions in my life yeah this probably w- explains a lot of my fucking issues <laughs> and um from soccer and different shit because you know you used to like it wasn't that uncommon to get a concussion. You'd sure. fall down and you're like, ah, well, don't fall asleep. And I would have to stay up and watch TV yeah. for five hours or something. That's hilarious. Um, so obviously, you know, going to sleep is the real fear, I guess, that you're going to like die. I don't, I guess that's what it is. I, I just started looking up stuff on WebMD. Yeah. Like, what do I do if I have a concussion? And they were like, you're not supposed to go to sleep immediately. Yeah. If you're not, with it yeah because you should go to a doctor but if you can hold a conversation and seem relatively okay then they're like yeah at a certain point you do rest yeah just sleep a lot for like five days (laughs) so so now you've been sleeping so now i've been sleeping and i'm alive and i mean it wasn't even that bad i just kind of like went uh standing height to face (laughs) yeah well that's um that's pretty scary, man. I kind of bit my tongue a little bit. You, you never fainted before, have you? I mean, I'm looking back and I think I have a couple times. 
I was like looking back at my life and I was like, is this something that I do? Because <laughs> I, I didn't, I wouldn't have called it something that I do, but now I'm like, maybe it is. Maybe it's my thing. I did shrooms one time and I got super, super high and I fainted. And uh, when I was a kid, one time I, I passed out when I smelled cinnamon rolls. Yeah. So I don't know what? if those were connected. <laughs> you s- how old are you? I mean, that was like maybe I was 12 <laughs> where we didn't sleep all night. And then I got up really fast and I ran up the stairs and I had a blood, a head rush. And I passed out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm saying this through one text. But I, I remember the cinnamon rolls because I ran up the stairs wow. to get cinnamon rolls. That's crazy. Now you have this weird Pavlovian response. Every time you smell cinnamon. Every time I smell cinnamon rolls, pass I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're here, man. That's a pretty fucking scary thing to have happen, dude. I mean, it's pretty dumb. I don't really know that it means anything. Well, you definitely should not have gone to the ER with a concussion. No. They're not going to do anything. They're not. Well, we just we talked about that. We were like, yeah, we we actually made jokes about it. We were like, uh, they was knocking on my head. Yeah, you you seem good. That'll be five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're lucky, five hundred bucks. Yeah. Are you kidding me? If they put you on a gurney and a, and a fill you with IV CT scan. Oh Jesus Christ! Forget that. It's yeah. 10, 20,000. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Really? When I, when I got hit by this car and went in the hospital, um, and I was in the hospital for, I guess, eight or nine hours. Yeah. And I woke up to go and I had fluids on me. Uh, that was a $30,000 bill. Oh, my. And luckily, ah. I had really good SAG insurance at the time, so I paid like 100 bucks. That's messed up. That's messed up. Yeah. Um, anyway, so obviously, one of the reasons Tommy is here is because Tommy is a political animal and the <laughs> debates happened and uh, I was interested in Tommy's feelings about the debates other than the obvious feelings that everyone has about the debates was like, what the fuck just happened? And from your point of view, who is more, you're more far left than I am. I'm left right. of center. So um, what, what did you watch the debates? I'm assuming. I, I came in a little late. I was like, oh, are those happening? So I missed the opening. I saw a couple clips. I saw the part where, like, Melania didn't give Trump a hug, and then Biden, like, hugs his wife in front of him. He's like, see? This is what a real marriage looked like. Uh, I Yeah, I was, like, I was watching, but I was kind of on Twitter at the same time. Just kinda, you were live streaming it? It was, it was so cringy. Every time I watch Biden do some shit, I get kind of mad. Cause I, you're like Bernie would have handled this. Better. I'm just picturing Bernie like dunking on him, but I'm 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 getting over that. Obviously, I mean I'll never be over it, but also it is what it is. We gotta we gotta get beat this man. Yeah. Do you think there's a difference now with the Bernie contingent that didn't vote for Hillary in 2016? Do you think they've come around? They're like. Well, we're at least going to vote for Biden now. Or do you think it's the same group of people um, that are like, fuck the system, don't vote for anybody? Hmm. Maybe half and half. I think that there is a... People who voted Green Party last time are definitely not going to vote for Biden. Like, yeah. But I also think that this is a red herring. Like, This is this false reason why Hillary didn't win is that there's like this tiny 1% group of Green Party voters. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they exist, but there's so many more people who didn't vote. Like, there's so many more people who maybe voted Republican or didn't vote for this reason that are a bigger cause for losing the election than these politically informed dissenters, like this tiny fraction. 
Now, what's weird about the debate, too, when I was watching it, because obviously everyone's like, Trump was out of his fucking mind. He was out of control. He turned this into a WWE match. And, um, uh, but also, Biden got implicated in that, too, because Biden wasn't blameless in the chaos. Well, and I was kind me, of looking at him, what could he have done? To me, Trump doesn't know shit about anything. Yeah. So he was playing his normal playbook of I'm going to distract. I'm going to turn this into a circus. I'm going to be an asshole. And at the end of the day, we will have gotten through the entire hour and nothing interesting will have been discussed. Yeah. And that's kind of his whole goal. Cause if we really get down to the numbers also to me, Biden is a pathetic, he's not doing a good job of like sticking it to Trump. He's just kind of holding his own. Yeah. It's funny because he said he said one line where he goes, "You you picked the wrong guy on the wrong time, the wrong guy, the wrong night." Like he like this sort of threat, like "Ooh, you shouldn't have brought that energy tonight because I'm going." And then he, but he said it in such a doddering kind of weak way. I mean, like, you're going to say sucked. that you got to fucking dunk on him afterwards. Yes, I know. He has no delivery. <laughs> As a comic, I'm like, ugh, this guy's punchlines are fucking soft. Yeah. He has all the facts on his side. He has all the numbers on his side. Literally, he has everything in the world to talk about. Yeah. And he's just holding his own because Trump is such a, I don't know, such a fucking clown. And he's just bringing Biden into the circus. He's like, we're going to play on my terms, my rules. Chris Wallace ain't going to do shit about it. They're not going to cut my mic. I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to insult you. I'm going to insult your family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you think that... I'm going to call you slow. What do you think Biden could have done differently? Or do you think that any of the digs he did say, where he called him a clown, where he said, keep yapping, man. He said, will you shut up? Do you, do you think any of that was effective or just played into this idea that it was a chaotic debate that had no purpose? To, to me, if the question is, could someone have done a much better job? Oh, big time. Yeah. Could Biden have done a much better job? Eh, maybe. Yeah, I think he did fine. He did fine, yeah. I think most reasonable people... Well, well, first of all, let's address the fact that, like, who on earth is an undecided voter at this point? I think a surprising amount. You think so? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm out of it, but to me, I'm like, how are you going in? How are you making your decision on this debate? That's yeah. wild to me. You must be so utterly uninformed about anything. This must be your first, like, look into 2020 politics. Yeah. To be undecided. Uh, well, <laughs> if, I, if I look at someone like my dad or my brother or some Republican people I know. Okay. Um, who are smart people and they, I think my dad is now at the point where my dad really doesn't like Trump and so his sort of- A lot of, of Republicans don't like Trump. Some of his dissonance is like, I'm just not going to vote for him. That's going to be my thing. But he's not going to vote for Biden. Sure. So I think in general, people will sort of follow party lines in general, which is why I, I agree. always take umbrage when people go, if you vote for Trump, how do you fuck you sold your soul just to fuck it? Because like the truth is people will follow their belief system before they follow the personality of a person. You know, they will. Mm. Did we talk about this thing with the apes? The story with the apes? Who the fuck was it? What I, is the apes? So Jane Goodall did this experiment <laughs> where she followed fucking apes around I guess, or chimps or apes chimps mm-hmm. and um, let's just say chimps I don't fucking know one of the two 
Anyway, and there'd be a large, large pack of apes. Chimps. God damn it. Okay. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> and then at some point when it gets bigger, it will fraction off, right? Okay. Into two different groups. So it'll just kind of naturally migrate with some people, some males this way. The chimps split into two groups? Yeah. Okay. And at some point, those two groups will become diametrically opposed. And what happens is the alpha males in the one group, the new group, will sort of look at the, the other group and they'll blah, 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 start beating their chest and they'll galvanize the whole group around them and they'll rush and they'll attack, right? Okay. Now, even though the people in this splintered off group are still friends with some of the people, still know the other people, other chimps, apes, whatever the mm-hmm. fuck it is, they'll still get behind the alpha and charge in, even if they don't like this alpha ape, even if they don't agree with the idea, of, but they feel like they have to sort of take the philosophy of the group and make yeah. the attack, right? And so the belief system is that's how we are operating as, as people is that there are now these splinter groups, so all we know is to follow whoever the alpha is in this group, which is Trump. So it's almost right. <clears throat> like the psychological uh, phenomenon of de-individuation where people don't take individual responsibility for following this megalomaniac because they're just following the forward momentum of their group. So I, I think that a lot of Trump supporters are more blameless, or Republicans more blameless in following Trump because they're like, well, this is this is the guy who is representing the party right now, and if I'm a true Republican, I have to follow him, which seems crazy to us, but I do think that is what's happening, which is why the polls aren't 90-10, which, right. which is why it's closer to like 55 I, I agree on why it is happening. Maybe I disagree on being blameless i think uh most people uh, like things are understandable in a way of i don't care about politics that much i'm not that invested i just kind of vote republican because everyone in my social group votes republican i'm like a working class guy i go to church but at a certain point where does the buck stop you know what i mean because you're still voting for him I think if you vote for somebody, you are responsible for what that person does. Yeah. Otherwise, like, who has responsibility for anything? You know what I mean? It's crazy, too, because I think a lot of people, a lot of coastal elites, which we are, <laughs> mumsy. Sure. We <laughs> believe that there's going to be a thing that Trump does or says that will finally be Mm-mm. the nail in the coffin. Hell no. Like that tax return thing the tax came return. out. He only paid $750 in taxes. And then he denied it. Man, Republicans don't fucking care. You don't think a At lot this of- point, after everything that's happened, that's going to be the thing that tips people over the edge? That's just another red meat. It's just red meat for the Democrats, right? Yeah. It's just to make us mad so that we show up to the polls. I don't think people who are voting for Trump are going to see that. and They know he's a crook. They know he's a fucking con man. But a lot of people who are Republicans who aren't as privy to the information we are, don't really follow politics the same way, they don't know. So when Trump says something like, it's fake news. They believe him. They believe him. Yeah. It's fake news. And it's crazy that you can just he say- He says it about every single thing. Every single thing. <laughs> so even if there's a tape coming out, which apparently exists during The Apprentice, where he's saying the N-word, I keep sure. hearing about it. It's like the P-tape. It's like the, the new N-word P-tape. The N-word tape, the P-tape. Um, if that were to come out, 
then like okay if something like that were to come out where he's like oh, you know you these think fucking they would care? i don't know i'd like to think oh, that come on maybe dude if you were voting for trump you have said the n-word and you'll probably say it again. But like my dad is a very <laughs> religious man. Sure. He's a very, very moral man. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. one of the best human beings I've ever known in my mm-hmm. life. I believe it. So I know he doesn't approve of Trump as a human being. Right. But he does have these weird old school Cold War traditional Republican values, like Eisenhower Republican values. <sighs> and I do think that something like that might be enough. I do believe that there is something that can still make a group of people go the other way. The problem is is that the Democrats haven't presented an image that is appealing to those people. I agree. And part of it is, and you know, and this is the next thing I want to talk about, you have all this crazy violence and destruction in the nation right now. Right. And um, if you are just a person in the Midwest looking at the news, it appears that the, the violence is all because of BLM and Antifa. Right? right. I'd say super, super overblown for the most part. For sure. And there's also this weird dichotomy exists. I want to know your feeling about this because on one hand, when the rioting happens and looting happens, there's a belief that a lot of Democratic governors have parroted and a lot of Democrats for themselves. They go, well, it's literally they've said, well, it's fine. It's reparations. They need to get their anger out. And it's fine if they want to loot Miracle Mile in Chicago because, like, that's just stuff. Insurance will pay for it, and it's more important that they get heard. So a lot of looting and rioting has kind of been unabated at the behest of the governors who've said told the police to stand down. And I completely understand that thing happening. So they, it's not that they praise the rioting, looting, but they kind of go, look, it's a small price to pay for the bigger problem, systemic racism. Right. On the flip side, there's another narrative which a lot of Democrats are purporting, which is that a lot of these Antifa, quote-unquote Antifa members are actually white nationalists and white supremacists who are pretending to be Antifa and they're starting these riots mm-hmm. and they're the reason all this damage is happening because white nationalists, white supremacists are actually starting the damage and they're blaming Democrats. So part of me is like, well, you can't really split the baby here because either it's okay that they're doing it and you're saying it's a small price to pay for systemic racism, or look at what these awful fucking white supremacists are doing by making this violence happen. So I don't know. Well, I really the, don't know where the party line is there. I don't think that the party, I mean, the party in terms of the Democratic Party is certainly very split on it. I think the Joe Biden angle is that violence is wrong and he doesn't support rioting. And he doesn't support defunding the police, but also systemic racism does exist, which is kind of an awkward line for him to tread because the the left left isn't going to be satisfied with that. Yeah. So do you think that Biden would have gotten any mileage for saying, I condemn Antifa for causing rioting? Because he didn't do that. Do you think that's something, an opportunity missed, or do you think that he has to sort of toe that line based mm. on where the party well, lies? I don't know. I don't think condemning Antifa. Because he said, he basically, he's like, there is no Antifa. It's just a loose set of ideas. It, that's the, exactly what I think, which is the case. So you there don't is think no that, Antifa. So like, you don't think there's, that there's a group of Antifa members who are being who were avowed Antifa members. Antifa would be like anonymous, where it's just like, 
a loose collection of anyone who wants to claim it would claim it. You know, it's not like... Uh, Antifa is kind of this Republican invention of like the scary left. Yeah. Right? It is... There are people rioting with like they're wearing all black and they're causing trouble for sure. Yeah. And maybe they're claiming Antifa. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm part of Antifa because I'm anti-Trump. Basically, anyone who is anti-Trump and being violent could be classified as Antifa, right? But that doesn't mean that it's this, like, covert, secret society. That is absolutely not the case. Sure. It's not like the... The idea that Antifa (laughs) is being funded by George Soros... That is absurd. You think that's complete conspiracy theory? Complete conspiracy theory. So what about the idea, because this is um, corroborated by a bunch of people, that in Louisville, after the Breonna Taylor indictments happened, um, or lack of indictments happened they said that a u-haul truck showed up and a lot of people have confirmed this with like shields and sticks and all this and signs and all this stuff and basically just here guys take it all there were definitely now, people there with signs who so, were ready saying, to protest but there also there was a u-haul truck that supported like dozens and dozens of these so do you i th- saw one u-haul truck that they took a sign out of and it was okay. like don't fucking do this you know what i mean like yeah so you don't think there's a any U-Haul funding? A U-Haul truck is not like a horrible no, evidence of this conspiracy. Oh, they rented a twenty-four dollar U-Haul truck. But and do you put think that there is somebody who is funding, <laughs> who is giving out money to to, to make this signs group of out of cardboard? Well, also like shields and weapons. Shields? What weapons? What I weapons, heard though? this. You heard, but but what weapons are they claiming that Antifa has? Slingshots. Slingshots? No, I'm, I'm kidding. Peter. Like, I have no if idea. this was really this crazy Sticks. funded thing, why would they not show up with legit guns yeah. and cause an actual problem like the real white supremacist militias are doing? Yeah. You don't think Democrats could show up with guns yeah. and kill people? Yeah. They could. Yeah, they showed you up with skateboards. If George Soros had $4 billion, they could show up with an actual group of people with guns, <laughs> but instead it's this rogue people with skateboards and cardboard signs. And, oh, they're terrifying. I love the fact that skateboards have become th- their weapon of choice. It's a skateboard, dude. It's a fucking toy. They're scared of teenagers with toys. Can we be real about it? Meanwhile... On the right, there is actual militias. Have yeah. you seen the videos of like the hundreds of people with masks and like uh, AR-15s walking around cities like Louisville, quote unquote, policing the riots? Yeah. But these are actual organized people who are gathering on Facebook groups and going out and, in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, killing people. Do you think that's also with skateboards? Do you think that's similar that it's also? Uh, a loose consortium of people who are just kind of, or do you think it's being funded as well um, by a bigger f- source of money? That one's tricky. Is it being funded? I don't know. I don't have any evidence of that. Are there Facebook groups where people are organizing and showing up to things? Yes. I would say that could be happening on the left too. I'm not going to say that that isn't happening on the left at all in terms of like, I haven't seen evidence of like Facebook groups, but they're no, 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 that's not true. There's definitely like, well, this is where it gets tricky, right? Because there's definitely a lot of left wing online organization for black lives matter protests. Yeah. And I think that's where it gets tricky is the protests are okay. And that's what's being supported by the governors. Yeah. 
And I, a big proponent of free speech, as I think everyone should be, as certain people on the right claim to be, everyone should be in support of the protests. That's very American. Yeah. The rioting is bad. I mean... But you also just say we say the rioting is bad. Some people... I don't really care about like graffiti on government buildings or like being raucous and loud in the nighttime. Like, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I don't love it when like people's private businesses get burned down and shit. That's pretty fucked up. Um, but it's also like, it's a mixture. Like the violence happens for a million reasons. Most of the BLM protests are peaceful and then the police get in and try and forcefully disperse them and then violence breaks out. Yeah. Or there's also just there's also just rioting because people are not getting any results. Like like imagine the entire summer's worth of Black Lives Matter protests, of movements, of fucking bullshit graffiti not graffiti but um like black lives matter signs from the city the city will like paint it on yeah the sidewalk or something and all of this symbolic or um like they've gotten everything except what they asked for yeah you know what i mean like oh we're gonna recast this actor we're going to put this big sign up. We're going to take down this statue. But when it comes down to the real issue of will police officers who kill innocent black people face any kind of punishment? No, still yeah. nothing. Still not even an inch given. Yeah. So in terms of policy change, in terms of policy changes, which is all anyone ever wanted from the beginning. So I understand why riots would happen. Yeah. It seems like the only threat that people have left, but you know, I don't now it's complicated one of the things uh, was very interesting and very edifying i had a guy named todd Dorham. do you know todd he's yeah. a comic so he came on now todd is he's a black man mm. i don't know if he knew that because he looks like matthew mcconaughey i but did not know he that. grew up with uh, a light-skinned black dad and a white mom who um who very much indoctrinated like he's he's like hey man it's in. get your black asses in there he'd be like get out my or, black or, asses? No, no no what is it called don't tell comedy Todd Duran? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Great no guy. idea. He did, just did the podcast. And I was asking him, I was like, wow, you're in a very unique position in terms of what's happening right now and your, your point of view and your opinion. And I want to know what he had to say because I said, I, as someone who wants to support BLM mm-hmm. and wants to be on the right side of history sure. and wants to find a way in to help, like, what do you think? Because I feel like I get very mixed messages from BLM. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's Delicately as possible, but I said, I don't know who to look to and where to look for it. And he agreed. He said it is very yeah. confusing and it is a little bit of a shit show right now what's going on because there's an app I do called Stereo, which I want you to do. It's like a, it's an app where you just talk to random people all over the country, right? And it has been completely co-opted by the black community, which is cool because I'm like, oh, it's a cool app then. If black people are doing it, that means it's cool. You know <laughs> right, what right, I mean? right. Like one of the jokes I was talking about was like, I'm like, I'm so glad for black people who got me through quarantine because black people made weed cool. And weed's the only reason I haven't fucking killed myself. Because when I was growing up as a white guy, the stoner was, hey, bro, you want to go, you want to go surfing, bro? And there was nothing cool about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Snoop Dogg came around with like, bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo. And you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> that's a stoner? Yeah. Fuck yeah. For sure. 
And uh, anyway, so so I have a lot of conversations with a lot of black people. Two things I've learned that are very interesting. One is that there are a lot of black Trump supporters out there in a way that was really unsettling how many of them were. The second thing was the fact when I did talk to a couple of people who are pretty militant, like I talked to this one guy and it was a very pleasant conversation. He was a black guy and he was Muslim and he was talking about how he feels uh, white people are racism, all these systems are racist. And I was listening to what he's had to say and I said, what do you think the solution is? And he, he said, well, the solution is to abolish the police and let us police ourselves. And the solution is also um, separation. Like there should be more separation between the black community and the white community. And I listen to that and I go, that cannot be a way forward. No, absolutely not. Because you have to reverse engineer a society where we are basically colorblind and we are united. That's, and like that's not the way to Farrakhan do it. That's like Farrakhan shit. Yeah. So we, I don't know if he was Nation of Islam Muslim. That's what it sounds black like. Muslim, because he was having a very cogent conversation with a lot of facts. And I was like... One of the things I've struggled with is the idea that everything that happens, all these cases are an example of racism. And there's two beliefs. One is that, well, the system is racist and cops inherently are part of this racist system. So everything will be acted out in a racist fashion, right. which I can kind of get. And two is like there are just people who are on the DL, white supremacists, and there's a, they're in, they've infiltrated the police force and they're acting out racist behavior. And there's also the belief system like this is this is police brutality and because it happened to black people, it appears, it occurs to people as racist when perhaps that may not be any of the cause. Interesting. So, I think all three of those things are some degree correct. But yeah. but this is what's tricky is it's like nothing is all the way the issue, right? Like the system is racist in terms of if you look at the statistics, things are disproportionately happening to black people. Yeah. So you look at that and you're like, okay, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. There are some white supremacists who have infiltrated the police, especially in areas that are like former Klan areas, yeah. right? Like, because the Klan's not out and, you know what I mean? I mean, they are but not like it used to be. Yeah. So people who are white supremacists have kind of gone underground and in some cases have become police officers. Yeah. And then we find out about that later. Like, oh, they're part of this weird, freaky white supremacist Facebook group where they post racist memes and they're also a cop. Sure. This person should be fired. And then uh, what was the third point? The, th the third point is the flip side, police which brutality. is that police brutality. Yeah. Right. And then I'm against police brutality across the board. Like, I think that we should make a big deal of it when a white person gets killed by the cops. Because when we go back and we look at a lot of these cases where the black person gets killed by the cops in a totally unfair way, there is an equivalent situation where it happens to a white person and also nothing happened. Legally. Of course. So I think it is as much a race issue. It's a race issue because it disproportionately happens to black yes. people. But to me personally, it is a police issue. It yes. is a government power being inflicted on citizens issue. That's why I cared about it from the beginning. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, yeah, cops have a little bit too much power and there's no way of keeping it in check. Yeah. So I think to me, it is not that any one of those three is the real issue. It is the fact that whenever you look to make progress, any kind of progress on mm -hmm. any of those issues, you are met with incredible resistance. Yeah. No one is even willing to give an inch on any of those three things. Like 
even uh, some Republicans, if you bring up police brutality against white people, they're still like, good. The police should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. I don't care what race it is. And I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah. What if this happened to you? What if someone busted in and killed your sister? Like, that would be horrible and traumatic and you would want justice yeah of course and yeah the, the idea that you wouldn't get it is uh messed up to me especially some of these people are strict constitutionalists they're mm. big into small government they're big into government overreach and yet they don't see the cops as uh part of the same thing yeah for whatever yeah. reason um yeah so did you see bill maher um in uh this past weekend I saw some quote of him. I forget what he said. What was really interesting about it because he had two uh, black men on the panel. Okay. One was, I forget his name, but he's very, very far left. And one was sort of like a moderate, maybe conservative black guy. Do you have Cornell West? Huh? He didn't have Cornell West. I love Cornell West. Sakari, Sakari, Sakari something. Okay. Anyway. I don't remember. um, So he... uh, he basically said, look, there's two polls. One is that like all these things that are happening are very racist. And some people are saying they're not racist. These are just unfortunate circumstances. And he took a beat and he goes, there's, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Right. And because of that, he got fucking dragged on he Twitter. Got dragged? He got dragged for saying that. And I feel uh, like that's sort of where we are right now. If I you, imagine part of that is... Well, for one, people are very sensitive. For two, they're probably viewing that statement in the context of the other things that he said on the panel. Yeah. Because he's kind of like a contrarian. He probably said other provocative things that when added to that statement. Well, that was, a, that was his opening salvo. Okay. You know, and then, you know, I don't know a lot of, the, everyone has facts that will match Left whatever narrative Twitter will drag you for anything. Oh my God. <laughs> so, and of course- the other black guy, the more conservative guy, was like, look, this happens to white people all the time as well. Like, for every case that happens to a black person, it does happen to a white person. You just don't hear about it because it doesn't fit the media narrative. And even that idea sounds very, like, it can only be said by a black man who believes that. Because if I don't it, think so. I think that, if anything, is a great argument for why we do need police reform. Yeah, for sure. Everyone, regardless of race. Yeah. I think that is more in a line. And to be honest, Black Lives Matter does more to help those white victims of police brutality than the fucking people on the right are doing. Yeah, for right? sure. Regardless of race, if the police are infringing on your rights and not facing any kind of repercussions, Black Lives Matter is the movement for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then why is the message being lost it's like you can't see the forest for the trees, right? I is, mean, it, is a message lost because there is no cohesive leader for the BLM movement, or is it lost because of I I, I don't because when I was talking to Todd about it, I go I go where is where is the disconnect happening? Because I think most people I truly believe in my heart that the majority of people and, and more the majority the super majority I think like ninety percent of Americans either aren't racist or really don't feel they're racist. Right, and I think there have been a lot of people have looked at moments of the right privilege, and, and they're trying to do the right thing. I, mm-hmm. I think that is is the case. So, um, if if that is the case, and you have something like BLM, then how come BLM is not having more of a crossover appeal to more people outside of these democratic cities? Well, I would say a huge part of it is 
first impressions and introductions and media narratives, right? And if you are a conservative, you are getting your first impressions and introductions and media narratives from Fox News, News. which are painting Black Lives Matter as this radical, anti-white, cop-killer, almost terrorist organization. That's the impression that they are trying so desperately to give off. Yeah. And if that is the media stream that you're getting and you're only talking to other people who are getting that same media stream, then how could you possibly support BLM? For they're, sure. They're monsters, right? They're doing all of this horrible ooga booga, you know what I mean? Like it's, they are being portrayed as a boogeyman in right-wing media. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not, and if you don't look beyond that, if you don't even try and have a conversation with someone on the left or maybe you do have a conversation with the wrong person on the left uh-huh. and they're they're like, yeah, fuck everyone, you know? Because yeah. everyone's very polarized. Everyone's very angry. And uh, it was just a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of different stories about the truth, the yeah. truth of what people actually stand for. And when something like maybe... BLM doesn't have an actual leader, right? It is kind of a a lot of different smaller organizations that are trying to stand up for something. So the messaging is constantly changing and not super clear. It's easier for the right to make their own narrative. Sure. Because there's not one monolithic counter narrative. There's kind of like 40 different plausible narratives that the left is kind of figuring out. Meanwhile, the right knows exactly what their narrative is. They're like, oh, they're cop killers. They're angry, anti-American. They love to call everything anti-American that yeah. is not strictly pro-Republican status quo. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, they're not patriots. They hate our country, quote unquote. They hate our yeah. country. You know what I mean? So, and a lot of that actually gets corroborated by the fact that there are, and maybe this is a very fringe element of BLM, but there are a lot of people like the guy I talked to on stereo who are like, there sh- we have to abolish the police. Cause that, cause I know they're like, no, you're misinterpreting defunding. They don't mean get rid of the police. But the fact is a lot of them do a lot of, a lot of people have expressly stated, sure. get rid of police in our neighborhoods. We don't want police in our neighborhoods, which statistically doesn't match what black communities actually are asking for. Well, no police at all in terms of like, no body that protects people from criminal activity. The belief is that that communities can police themselves, which is a very nice idea in a right. utopia, but obviously that will create a vacuum and vacuum will be filled by a criminal element Probably in anywhere in the world. Gang activity. Of course. You know, it happened in New York with the mafia. It happens, it happens sure. wherever there's a vacuum for power. It happens everywhere. That is probably unrealistic, and I don't think that it is supported by any kind of meaningful majority. You don't think so? No. Yeah. Um, Like, full abolishment, where you just ditch police completely, and we just have nothing? Yeah. I don't think anyone supports that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do, I'm telling you, just basically who I talk to. Yeah, but I think even the most radical left-wing police abolitionist if you really pressed them on it yeah if you really went 
a couple layers deep on like what is your solution for a replacement, they would have some kind of concept of maybe not strictly like people with guns, but some type of when they say community policing, they mean uh, like obviously the defund the police movement has a lot of talk about like splitting up the responsibilities of the police so that you have like more animal control people for animal stuff, like mental health people for mental health, uh, more of that money funneled into like homeless housing and, uh, kind of psychiatric care, but also like at the base level of like, you need some type of violent element, yeah i think i think everybody acknowledges that to be the case yeah even if their definition of community policing is that the people who commit the violence in their own community are just from their own community yeah i think i think everybody knows that there's some level of uh you know if a violent mob breaks out there needs to be a community based violent force to meet it yeah for sure i mean one of the solutions todd promulgated was the idea that the cops who are in Compton and in a lot of these black neighborhoods are from should, there, are from there right. which I think is, I, I don't know exactly how to enact that 100%, but it seems to be, I, I don't know if there could be a law or a policy about that or whatever it is, but um, I think most people can get behind that idea. Right. So I don't know if that's something. Now, the thing that I'm not really getting, I'm not really getting how come no policy has actually been enacted or even really proposed. To me, I mean, I I think that the police should exist. I just think that it, there should be no, no stuff like qualified immunity. Like, I don't think the police are necessarily, I mean, the police have elements of the way that they act that are problematic for sure. For sure. But I think the bigger problem is when a cop does something racist or does something illegal there's just no punishment so yeah. because of that they're allowed to just continue doing bad shit perpetually yeah into infinity what and that because of that they take the liberty and do wrong shit all the time now what exactly because i hear qualified immunity a lot and i have the general idea of it but what exactly is qualified immunity i don't think i know precisely <sighs> right. what it is my understanding of qualified immunity from a amateur right <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, basically, because the job of police officer puts you in situations where you might be violent, this qualifies you to commit violence. And because you are committing violence in the name of the job, you are immune from punishment. Okay. Right? So basically, like, uh, my job says that I have to go into situations where I might beat someone up. Yeah. So the police union has argued that part of being a police officer means you can beat people up and there is and you're immune from punishment because that's part of the job description. Got it. Regardless of context. Yeah. To an extent. So they have excessive force but that that's rarely built over, in. that rarely overrides the police immunity. And excessive force like even if you commit excessive force, what are the punishments? That's mm -hmm. where qualified immunity comes in. Yeah. It's not that excessive force is allowed technically as a cop. 
like you might get punished with like paid leave or something, but you are immune from legal action. Yeah. Like a civilian would be. Like you can commit assault as a police officer, but because you're a police officer, you're immune from going to jail for it. Yeah. Like you could beat up 10 people and maybe you might lose your job because of quote unquote excessive force, but you're not going to go to jail. Yeah. It's almost the same thing that happens with the president. They're like, you can't arrest a president. You know, it's a lot of the, the Trump conversations like, well, he's not going to go to jail because you Simil- can't arrest a president. You know? Similar conversation. So, um, the other thing I want to talk about is the idea that <laughs> when Trump was asked to disavow white supremacy mm-hmm. and white nationalism, he kind of hemmed and hawed, and then he said, who, who, name it, name, name the person, name whoever, and they said the Proud Boys. Yeah. And he said, Proud Boys, just stand back and- uh, Stand by. Uh, and stand by, <laughs> right? Which the Proud Boys are like, awesome, and they fucking put it on whatever their social media right. platform they're still allowed to be Standing on. Standing by, sir. So, do you think that was an inadvertent dog whistle or like a super, super deliberate dog whistle on his part? Oh, please. It, to me, Trump... Because that's just a dumb fucking move. It was intentional. But to, maybe it's not for his base. To me, Trump at this point in his presidency and maybe from the beginning has become an expert in saying things both ways. Yeah. Stand back, stand by. To me, he said stand back. And he just don't won't let anybody tell him anything. Trump yeah. won't. His ego is too fragile. He won't let them tell him to say anything the way he doesn't want to say it. Then he immediately pivoted to stand by, which is what he really wants to say. Yeah. Because he, he loves shit like the Proud Boys. He doesn't care if a group is like racist or like waving Nazi flags. If they're pro-Trump, that's good enough for him. Yeah. So... He said it, stand back, stand by, in a way where if you're on the left and you're really flipping out about it, people on the right can be like, oh, he meant by stand back, stand by, he meant to disavow them. He basically said that, you know what I mean? Like, if you're Republican and not racist, you can see that and be like, oh, this is what he meant. Well, what did he mean? How else could you interpret that? Who knows? Who knows what he mean? But if you're Republican and racist, you can also look at that and say, oh, yeah, 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 he's... He's right. On election day, if he doesn't win, we're going to show up with our fucking guns and we're going to cause a ruckus. As someone who uh, wants to try to, on every once in the blue moon, give Trump the benefit of the doubt for not being a complete racist piece of shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wow, he really tipped his hand there. Like That, to me, is in no uncertain terms a message to this group like, stand by for something. You're yeah. standing by for something. And of course, Bill Maher will take that money. Well, when the election happens, he's going to want these people to fucking go to the streets. I believe streets. that. I believe he does want that. Oh my God. It seems explicitly clear at this point. Yeah. Everything he's saying and all the messaging he's putting out, that's what he wants. And if he doesn't win, he wants uh, some violent group of people to do something about it. And do you think... It's or just- he wants the left to be scared to go to the polls. He mm-hmm. wants people to be afraid to vote under threat of violence. Now, why would Trump, if he's a president of the United States, why do you think he would sign up? Because everything I've heard about the guy, he just wants everyone to like him. Yeah. He wants to be well-liked. He's so, he was even going like, you know, this Democrat, they loved me. Some people that didn't agree with it, they actually loved what I did during the pandemic. Like He was sort of yeah. like bragging about how he had some sort of across-the-aisle, you know, kinship with right. people so um 
why would he want to be president if he he knows that 50% of America is going to hate him? Is it just because he's such a megalomaniac right. he can't concede well, the idea of losing? He doesn't want to be president. He wants to be supreme ruler. He wants to be a dictator. Yeah. I think that's very clear. I think he hates the government and the way that it works, and he just wants to be able to do anything exactly the way he wants to do it as it was when he was a private businessman. Now, here's the thing that about Republicans I think I know having had a Republican dad. At the end of the day, most Republicans are fucking nerds, right? Sure. They're, they're just religious nerds or like, mm, be by the book type of nerds. Ben Shapiro type of nerds, right? Yeah. So ben Shapiro for sure is a nerd. Is a, is a total, everyone on the, in that fucking Daily Wire, they're all fucking nerds. <laughs> and I don't think that any of the nerd contingency would be okay if Trump was like, I'm not going to leave office if I lose. Like, none of the Republican nerds, which I think is like Well, 80, where are they at? Where are they at, Bill? They're out there. They're talking. There's not... It's very It's very rare to see a Republican on even Fox News to say, yeah, if Trump doesn't get it, like, we support him staying in office and an insurrection. Like, nobody is... We and, will see. <laughs> when the... I agree with you. I would like to think that that 30% chunk of Republicans who are not, like die hard rallying confederate flag waving uh trump supporters would stand up and say this is wrong if trump did some kind of coup d'etat seize of power yeah right i would like to think that but i feel like every day my faith is just a little bit weaker yeah that the american people are willing or able to do anything against the people in power. Yeah. I feel like at a certain point it's going to be out of our control or they're going to do the thing where they replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg and they're going to Bush v. Gore it where the election is called under question. They demand a recount or they call certain ballots ineligible and then they take it to the Supreme Court and we are outvoted like six to three and they just take over. They just take over the government. Now, do you think that... And they write, they write a democratic excuse, like democracy democratic. Like they write an excuse to where it's technically okay, but in reality, what just happened is a coup d'etat. For sure. So going back to the idea with Bush and Gore, where that happened, and it really just hinged upon one state, Florida. Right. Um, and hinging upon that one state, one Supreme Court, and they just said, fuck it, give it, give it to Bush. Is right. my understanding what happened. Now, for that exact same thing to happen with Biden and Trump seems a little less realistic, personally. Oh, I mean, it definitely wouldn't just, go as smoothly. It didn't go just, smoothly in 2000, but yeah. this would be a whole but it other was, ballgame. It was still close enough that they were at least able to. Now, one of the things that I would like to believe about the Supreme Court and the way it was designed was that the judges are supposed to be about as impartial as possible. More impartial than the other branches of government, right? That's the you idea. You would like to think that. Yeah, of course. So if you look at some like Amy Coney Barrett, right, who mm -hmm. is definitely going to be nominated. She's are now in the Supreme Court. We can't deny it. It's going to happen. Um, I'd I like agree. to think that she's a woman with integrity. There's no flags that she's a complete hack for the right, political right. Although I think Clarence she's, Thomas is a complete hack for the right. That's fair. Um, Maybe Kavanaugh as well. Yeah, Although he has leaned left on some I of his recent decisions. I think Scalia was a hack to the right. Yeah. But he's dead now. So, but I guess my point is, if we were to come to a situation where 
if you really take your job seriously as a justice, and I think most of them do if they're at that level. You would hope. And the law and the precedent is such that they look at it and they don't have the evidence to support it. I would like to think that they would operate based on what they think the law is and what they believe the Constitution is. I would like is. to think that too, Bill. But you don't believe that. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I yeah. don't think all of them do. I think people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg did in the way that she voted for some stuff that I disagree with because she believes in the Constitution. She voted for some right-leaning stuff, like sure. putting the oil pipeline through uh, Native American land. I was yeah. like, that seems morally reprehensible. But yeah. she was like, well, according to the Constitution. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. oh, you would hope that there is that element on the right as well. But in my experience, just watching government for the relatively short amount of time I've been alive, yeah, the left and the right just operate in different ways. And I'm not saying that everyone on the right is like less morally responsible, but right-leaning politicians play to win yeah, in a way that the Democrats don't. Like Obama got in there with a supermajority, he had a supermajority in both houses of Congress, president, he could have done anything he wanted to do. What did he do? He went in this whole campaign about how he's trying to make a bill for both halves of the country and be bipartisan and make, be a leader for the entire nation. He's all about unity, right? And he passed Obamacare, which was like totally lukewarm and not what the left wanted. Yeah. Would Trump do something like that? Hell fucking no. Yeah. The, or would Mitch McConnell do something like that? Hell fucking no. They, yeah. they complained and complained about how, oh, it's within a year of the election. We shouldn't put Garland in. But now they have a month to go. You're damn right they're going to fucking put their person in. I mean, part of me is kind of like that is – part of me is like that's politics. Because the truth is that's if the politics. tables were turned, the Democrats, if they had the majority in the would Senate, they? they would have. They I don't think they would. If they had the majority in the Senate and they hate fucking Trump. I don't know. You don't think so? I don't know. I would like, I wish they would. Yeah. I wish that was politics. I wish that the Democrats played to win like blindly like that. I know they do when they're trying to beat Bernie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they definitely do when, yeah. it's, when it's Bernie Sanders looking to be the nominee. They play to win. How did, that, how did the right rectify their whole, well, you shouldn't elect a Supreme Court in the, in the how do they justify their flip-flop in that? They just said, we're going to do it. Because of course, like we have the power to do it. Of course, we're gonna fucking do it. Yeah, we play to win here. Yeah, Mitch McConnell plays to win on every. He never, ever, ever compromises on uh, a political victory. For sure, no matter what he has to do, no matter who he has to hurt, he doesn't give a fuck. And if you're in the political game, you would look at that and you wouldn't be like, "He's a awful, evil piece of shit." In the political game, you're gonna be like, "He's a good politician." I see both of those things as true. Yeah. He is an awful, evil piece of shit who makes an excellent politician. He's like the lawyer who keeps getting killers off. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? The You're Alan like, Dershowitz. oh, he's an amazing lawyer. Yeah. He's the best at what he does. Yeah. But he's a horrible person. Now, one of the things that I feel like I know about is the legal system, just because I was in a two and a half year court case regarding the eviction in New York. And the thing that was really edifying for me was to learn that courts are very emotionless when you go and you hear people people just bring up precedent 
They bring up law. They bring up case. There's no like, hey, this guy owned this place for 18 years. He has a daughter. Yeah. This was going to be what she inherited. Please look with your heart. Like judges, that's not part of the equation. It's almost sociopathic. There's no emotional center for the court. It's just like, what's law? What's the thing? Blah, blah, blah. Moving forward. And that goes to Breonna Taylor. Like I knew right away and I had the same conversation with this, uh, someone stereo where I said, look, this is what I know about the legal system. It is about as um, autistically sociopathic as you can get. Like, there's no emotional reason. They look at the law, they look at press, and they are um, they have an obligation to fight as strenuously as possible for their client yeah. in this situation, even if it means kicking an old lady out of her fucking home. Right? They'll do it. They'll do it, and that's what you have to do if you believe the legal system is valid. The tricky thing about the Breonna Taylor case is you're absolutely right. The law and the courts operate under the previous set of rules. And until we get those rules changed, they're just going to keep coming up with the same verdicts. Yeah. Right? Like, if qualified immunity still exists, which it does, then by, uh, you know, then obviously that would lead to the court operating in a world where it exists. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're going to give the verdict based on the fucked up corrupt laws which we have which yes. lead to fucked up corrupt verdicts yes so i mean it's can only be what is expected yeah so i was talking to someone stereo about the Brianna tail and i said look this is what i know based on the evidence that i've been looking at and reading these cops are not going to be indicted for murder right yeah the court system will not look at this because obviously the court, they exist in the realm of beyond a reasonable doubt. So to beyond a reasonable doubt, do they say they, they murdered this woman? I knew that was never going to reach the threshold of beyond a reasonable doubt because they had a legal no-knock warrant. Apparently, they still knock and announce themselves and then they were fired on. Granted, it was one shot and they fired, what, 30 shots fucking back? Of course. Um, but it's still not enough to you know, tip the scale in favor of murder because of the fact there is no metric or law or policy in place that says here's the appropriate amount of bullets to shoot. Now, the AG knew this. Right. You know, and he's a black AG and he said, look, I understand the emotion behind this, but in a court of law, things operate different from emotion. He basically just corroborated what I said. Yeah. And he, I think from the get-go, he knew they would never get indicted for murder. And so he said, just so you know, this is a different thing. By the way, they got the $12 million civil. So civilly, it's been on some level rectified. Now, obviously, that's no solution, but it's something. It's something. So as he announced that, there's a part of me that would love people to look at this black AG and recognize that the court system has their hands tied to a degree in terms of what they're able to enact. Because the, there's no world in which the court system is going to put these cops away for murder when the law just won't support that. I right? agree. I agree. So I said that on stereo with someone, and I had like so many black people came in just like, you fucking disgusting piece of shit. Well, and I'm going like, don't you, shoot the you messenger. You've got to follow that up with how do we get the law changed. Well, that's the thing. I think you gotta you got to lead with the solution. I think if you... If you only say the reason why she didn't get indicted and then you just sit back and let the silence fill the room, you're going to get attacked. Well, you know, you one got to fill said, that I in said, with like, we no knock, need a solution. No knock warrants are an example of systemic racism. Like it is not, I don't think it was, 
created as a racist policy, sure. but it's disproportionately affecting black people more. And there's a lot of people who argue that because of the no-knock warrant, because they did announce themselves and knocked on the door, uh-huh. which the guy corroborated. Who corroborated? The, the guy who fired at them. Oh, okay. They didn't get him for some reason. They got Breonna Taylor. And he said there was a knock. He didn't hear them announce themselves to the police. There are witnesses that heard the police announce themselves. Um, it gave him time to get his gun, right? Mm-hmm. And in the time it gave him to get the gun, when they came out, he shot the gun. Now, if they had executed the no-knock warrant and they just broke in, it's very possible he wouldn't have gotten his gun <laughs> and the arrest would have happened. So it's a weird catch-22 well, in that yeah. regard. You I know suppose I mean? that is a uh, an interesting way of looking at and it. And I don't know enough about the history of the no-knock warrant. I know a lot of people like Neither to talk about I. the fact that um, that the police force in general was created initially to catch runaway slaves. Right. And they think that is a, a good example of the fact that police should be abolished because if that was the initial reason for police to exist, right. then it is inherently racist, inherently a systemically racist system, and they have to fucking abolish it. I mean, I agree with that to an extent, but I would also say that all law enforcement doesn't have its roots in slavery. I mean, there was also like sheriffs in Western towns, right? So yeah. like some degree of law enforcement can exist without the racial element. Yeah. But I think that the way that our police force operates today definitely has its roots in racism. Yeah. To now, an extent. Do you think there's going to be another debate? Do you think it's going to be canceled? Or do you think that was Trump's purpose? Was it caused such fucking mayhem that there was no way there'd be another debate? Because I'm sure he doesn't want to debate. Uh, he doesn't want to debate. He, uh, he does this thing that I think a lot of successful famous people do where they surround themselves with yes men. Mm-hmm. So like Trump barely even knows how much he's really hated. Yeah. Because he rarely has to go face to face with people who oppose him or contradict him and if they do then he fires them he kicks them out kicked out have his white house yeah so i don't think he likes going face to face with a joe biden type who can call him out on shit to his face in front of a group of people i think that's very embarrassing for him and you can tell he gets embarrassed because he reacts viscerally like a child you know what i mean he's he interrupts he shits on chris wallace he calls the treatment of chris wallace is so bizarre (laughs) It's like so anti-Republican in a way. Yeah. Because to me, Chris Wallace is the one uh, like credible person on Fox News. Yeah, he's like right of center, not crazy, crazy right. He's pretty reasonable. Yeah. He's a Republican. He works for Fox, but he works with integrity. Like you're describing that you want the justices to do. Yeah. It's how I want the Fox News anchors to do. I want them to look up to Chris Wallace who, even though he politically leans to the right, he tries to be an objective journalist. He's old school, right? And everyone uh, who watches Fox has great respect for him, for the most part. I would say most Republicans look at Chris Wallace and say, that's our guy, that's That's our journalist The closest we have to objective news journalists in Fox. Right, like I'm sure he doesn't get the ratings of a Hannity or a raving lunatic like Glenn Beck, but he's, he's respectable. Yeah. And I feel like establishment Republicans aren't, they don't like watching Trump be a dick to him. Yeah. I don't like it. I mean, I don't really care either way. He's going to be a dick to everyone. But I think, uh, like, having him moderate the debate is the best possible scenario for Trump. Yeah. It's 
someone on his team, but it's also someone who is not just going to fucking bow down and suck his dick like a Fox and Friends yeah. type thing. Yeah, like a Steve Ducey. Right. And, and he just can't fucking abide by that. He can't abide by any criticism of him. Yeah. Even someone who is being a good faith actor because Trump is so bad faith in everything that he does. He's so self-centered that he can't even really like compute it. He just sees it as a, an attack yeah. as someone who's maliciously trying to take him down for no reason. Yeah. I think that what Biden needs to do is he needs to hire a bunch of roast battle comics. He needs to hire like Jeff Ross or yeah. a bunch of people who say like, here are your zingers. I would love that. Wouldn't that be a great fucking if, gig? If Biden went, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of people who would disagree with me on this, but Trump is making it a circus, right? He's almost making it impossible to have like a regular debate. So if Biden just went in there and really shit on him, that would be satisfying. It'd be just be satisfying to watch. <laughs> he probably wouldn't do a good job. He'd probably stutter over his fucking punchlines. Yeah. But, eh. <laughs> I liked it when you said you're the worst president we, we've ever had, man. <laughs> and in a way, like, I'm a fucking policy head, right? I'm obsessed with actually trying to get the issues handled. That's why I love people like Bernie. I love people like Andrew Yang. Nerds, fucking hardcore nerd boys that will just sit down and discuss the issues. They won't get emotional. They won't fucking tell you some bullshit story about some milkmaid in nevada that they met on their travels right they're just talking about the problems we have the numbers and how to fix it yeah but it's occurring to me that just because i like that most people watching the debates are watching from a purely emotional standpoint of course they are purely emotional they don't know anything about policy they don't care they don't want to read a fucking book on it they just want to know how they feel in the moment when they're watching these two dudes and for that Biden should just be dropping haymakers for an hour. It should be an hour of haymakers. What would be a good haymaker for Biden? God, I don't even know. <laughs> there's, it's so frustrating because there's so many angles. It's almost tough to pin Trump on anything. What do you it pick? It is. What do you pick? Because even if you go after the tax returns, he just goes, fake news. And Everything then, is wh fake news. What, how can you be like, well, it's not fake news. Fake news. It's, his supporters will be like, well, I guess it's fake news. You know what I almost wish? I almost wish it was like Biden came out and he was like, first of all, I just want to say there's a million fucking things politically that you've done that are monstrous and just bad and make zero sense. <laughs> but on top of that, why do you got to be such a fucking dick all the time? Yeah. Just ask him that. Why are you such a fucking baby? Yeah. Why can't you just take a deep breath and be a person? Why we can't even have a conversation because you're so emotional and like whiny all the time. I know. Why are you mean to everyone? Why are you being mean? I wish Biden had said, "Stop being mean to Chris Wallace." <laughs> Why are you being mean to him, dude? This is your fucking guy that your team picked out. You chose him, so why are you acting like you're oppressed? Yeah. Uh, Do you remember I don't know if you ever looked at the McCarthy hearings? No, I, that's it was before my it's, time. Yeah, <laughs> the French Revolution is before my time. I know about it. Anyway, <laughs> sure. so no, but um, I'm familiar with that. They <laughs> tried. They were basically like the FBI was rounding up anyone who claimed to be part of the communist. And particularly party. this one guy, Senator McCarthy, he was sort of, and he started really feeling his power, right? And then yeah. he started going after the army. And at one point in that, in a televised national hearing or whatever, a very respected general yeah. in the army, he said. 
this is enough. Have you no have you no shame? Have you no decency, sir? Yeah. And it and it that one line flipped the whole script on McCarthy. And it made everyone just watching home go, Oh, wait a second. Like they kind of pulled back and said, Yeah. He's going a little bit fucking far, and that was the beginning of the end for him. I think, and he I keep waiting that for that about fucking his son. moment when he went after his son. Biden should have said that. Yeah, he should have said that exact quote. Yeah, and I think a lot of people need to hear that. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah, in terms of like being a Republican is like I get it. Uh, maybe religiously, economically. Right, it's what's good for you. Yeah. But have you no shame? Have you no decency, sir? When it comes to Trump. Yeah. And I used to really think that that was the case, and then lately, I think just everyone's been so pessimistic about the election results. It does feel like maybe there is no shame. Maybe there is no decency. Yeah. You know what I mean, things like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg—they're just putting a new person in. It just feels like we're losing. It feels like we're losing so badly to someone who's such a deranged idiot Isn't that crazy? in a country that's supposed to be a democracy. And it start, I start to look at my fellow Americans and say, have you no shame? Have you no decency? I guess we will see. Yeah. I guess we will see on election day where the bar falls. It yeah. seems like in 2016, there was no shame and decency. Have we learned our lesson? We didn't with Bush. <laughs> yeah. And now, of course, Bush looks like a fucking good guy crazy. by comparison crazy yeah do you th- so you believe thought? you believe what bill maher said that even if he loses because obviously i think that the election is not going to be decided until january at the i mean what there's no way november 10th we're gonna know there's too many outstanding ballots out i think there. a week a week you think it's gonna take a week who knows um, <laughs> I, I have no idea i don't think january i think by the end of november but i think max. it's pretty clear that there's Unless it's an overwhelming landslide. And even mm. if it's a landslide, Trump's going to be like, he's going to demand a recount, which I don't know. He had, He's going to make an executive order to have a fucking like recount or whatever it is. <laughs> he'll do something. Um, he's still, well, he's a, he'll be the only lame duck president who does some wild shit. Like, can you imagine? Like that December when he knows he's still president, but he's going to lose it in January. Who knows what he'll do? Yeah. Something crazy. <laughs> I just can't imagine Trump ever just going, it was a hard fought race, Biden's a formidable candidate, and like I wish him success. And I'm, like, I can't imagine oh, him being, no, giving a conciliatory speech. Not in a million years. I know, could you, like, I, I think almost every person agrees that won't happen. Won't happen. So if we know that won't happen, mm-hmm. then he is not going to leave office. Uh, he will contest the election on some level. Will he leave quietly? Absolutely fucking not. Will yeah. he leave peacefully? Who knows? <laughs> remains to be seen there's this other part of trump where he's a total fucking airhead bullshitter and he claims to do he claims he's gonna do a lot of shit that he doesn't right yeah. i mean half his campaign promises i'm gonna say 90 percent of his campaign promises he ain't even gotten close to yeah he claimed Repealing he and replacing gonna, obamacare number right. one he doesn't even he has close a to have a plan yeah i love that biden called him out on that he's like you ain't got a plan man yeah <laughs> Fucking oh yeah i do it's the best yeah i do yeah i do i made executive order i made executive order right before the debates promising i would take care of people with pre-existing conditions which I means wish, nothing i wish biden had uh went harder on him on that the pre-existing conditions and we already have a law it's already written into law yeah you're doubling down on something that is already law you doof yeah. that did nothing that changed literally zero yeah 
You're a joke. <laughs> you have no plan. If you had a plan, you would have showed it to us. Your taxes are shitty. If they weren't, you would have showed it to us. Yeah. You're a liar. Admit it. Yeah. And and he did, like Biden said all of that, but he said it in such a lukewarm, he said it like a old man way. He, said, he kind of would like put his head down, but like, yeah, you didn't, he, yeah, man, like top his head, like, as opposed to looking at him and being like, you're lying. We all know you're lying. And the American people, he just would kind of like, shut up, man. Quit yapping. And I was like. He said it like he was getting bullied. He was like, yeah. Yeah, he was he getting was like bullied. He was like a hang dog. I was like, fuck your chest up. Lift your fucking pride. head up. Yeah. Be the winner. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember, I watched that. I was like, if if I was a real hardcore Trump fan, I'd probably watch that like, yeah, man. Fuck it. I'm sure yeah. there are lots of Trump fans oh, who are like time. applauding and going, I did more in 47 months. You did in 47 years. Like, oh, shit, you know. And I just don't know. That is such a that that is a roast comic line. Roast comic line. It's a Somebody roast comic a line. Great fucking line. Is it true? Hell no. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. It's uh in in the game that we're playing, which is <laughs> roast battle, Democratic Republican, the <laughs> Titans clash. I mean, you've seen the fucking advertisements. They got the profiles. It looks like an MMA fight. <laughs> in that game, Trump is uh, he's hard to beat. Yeah. Man, I'm so I'm so interested to see if there's going to be more debates. I'm, I'm so excited interested. for Kamala Mike Pence. Strangely, well, the thing about Mike Pence though is he's so measured in everything he does. He kind of can't lose in the sense that he'll just be like, "Oh, I'll just shake my head paternally and just say, look, the American folks here.' Like he'll just do that, like folksy, like I'm just a guy from the Midwest, and he'll he won't he won't get like his oh, shackles man. up. He won't get. He Man, won't lose his temper. You're so right. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that she's going to say anything. He's just going to be like, "Well, I understand you're." You know, he's just going to do that like Ronald you know Reagan. Like, you know, what's funny in the debates is like, there's this one point where Joe Biden was like, "Man, you've never even been to a suburb. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even know a suburb if you he said took to a wrong turn into it." No, <laughs> Biden said that to Trump. Oh, really? I missed that. He's like, you wouldn't know a suburb if you took a wrong turn into one. He was like claiming suburb street cred against yeah. Trump, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious because like a suburb is not something I ever hear someone bragging about being <laughs> from. But Joe- I'm from the burbs, brah. From the burbs. I'm Joe Biden from the burbs. <laughs> hilarious. Because Trump is like so wealthy, so well off from a young age. He maybe has never been to a suburb, which is hilarious <laughs> yeah. to think about. Or he's there he's like, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. Oh my God! Oh God, we're in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> when, when is the next debate? By the way, when's the next debate supposed to be? Do we driver, know? driver, take a <laughs> take a U-turn. I don't know where we are. This is gross. There are lawns. <laughs> is the debate coming up tomorrow? Do we know? No, oh, I don't remember. I'll probably read about it online. <laughs> I don't know if I can watch it anymore. Tune in. I, I gotta watch a little bit of Pence Kamala. I just gotta see Kamala. At least is young enough and coherent enough to be interesting. Yeah, she was fun to watch in the regular debates. Yeah, it was fun to watch her destroy. She's Biden. a prosecutor. She she is well spoken and smart. Yeah, she destroyed Biden. Then Tulsi Gabbard destroyed her. Yes, because Tulsi never had a chance. It's always funny to see those like two percent. 1% yeah. polling candidates like yeah. drop haymakers. That's the best part of the debate. If you can't get under someone's skin, it's hard to win the debate. It's like Ted Cruz, who I fucking hate. By the way, went to, I went to Princeton. I mean, he was older than me, but he also went to Princeton. And I Ted think Cruz. I was like a freshman who was a senior or something. Wait, I, for real? Yeah. Did you know of him? 
I don't think I, I think I'd seen him around or something because he won all. But he is apparently a master debater. Mm, master debater, rickety. Ted Cruz is a master debater. Yeah, he won like the American Debate Society several years in a row or something. So couldn't beat Trump in a debate. <laughs> he couldn't beat Trump exactly. Isn't that amazing? Um, so because uh, it's not a debate. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a really even a debate. And if someone just has that smug, smarmy expression, they just go, "Well, like it's almost hard to beat that person in debate because they will always have always have some answer." Although Trump does like street debate, you know, he's like a yo mama. He's like in a yo mama competition on the streets, you know. Your son, your son is a coke addict. You know what the shitty part about Trump is? Is he is a monster. Yeah. In terms of like everything he's trying to do. But the impression is so funny. Like he's such a fucking cartoon of a man. He's entertaining. <laughs> he he has this strange charisma. Yeah. It's this weird charisma where it's like you can't look away from him because mm-hmm. he's going to do something crazy. Yeah. It's like a Kardashian like Yeah. reality show. Like Kanye West. Like forged in the fucking uh <laughs> mountains of reality television i know it's <laughs> the volcanic what it wouldn't get for a trump obama debate oh dear lord right think, o- obama has that incredible charismatic exactly. leadership and we need trump that has no him. leadership he doesn't have leadership he's not inspiring but he does have this weird it's like an alt charisma yeah for sure it's like uh I don't even know. He's George like Bush one has one of the successful comics too. that you fucking hate. Every president has hella charisma. Yeah. For whatever reason, you look at like Bill Clinton, oh. George Bush. Yeah. Different ways. Yeah, uh, for sure. But well, Tommy, uh, I think we're gonna have a let's have a follow up after the next couple of debates and just keep <sighs> talking about these. Um, I'm glad I don't you know came. What's happen. I'm glad your head's better. Hopefully. And uh, signing off from Hey, the head injury. Head injury, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Give him some advice. <laughs> Next time we meet up, that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Two guys with head injuries talking about the recent political debate. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs>